Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Joe Bro Radio, the greatest nerd and pop culture podcast on the internet and all platforms known to man. I am joined by Neo Rosano. As always, say hello, my friend. Hello, my friend. Hello, my friend. It is lovely to be here on this fine <clears throat> Wednesday. Uh, we have a fascinating topic today, uh, completely led by Neo. We're just going to keep this alternation pattern going. And before we get into it, as always, boom. Do you have any small talk, Neo? Uh, no really new small talk to speak of. Still haven't found the cat. It's probably dead, and it makes me sad. Well, I have some news for you with headlines. <clears throat> now, I don't know the full headlines of these, but uh, I wanted to get something in. I googled uh, funny headlines, all right? Uh, and I have, um, <laughs> I have a, I have a couple... Um, here, let me scroll through here. I, I, I was scrolling down and I saw a couple of bangers and then I missed, I lost them. Uh, let's see. Marijuana issues sent to a joint committee. These are mostly dad joke ones. I appreciate that one though. Uh, let's see. You know what? This, I think this plan didn't go out as well as I thought. Is is now the conclusion I'm reaching because now I'm reading some of them. I'm like maybe they aren't so funny. Um, well, maybe you're just not funny. <laughs> Midget sues grocer cites belittling remarks. Well, I mean, anything involving midgets is always funny. Uh, cows lose their job as milk prices drop. <laughs> 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 The milk industry has been really hard on my family this year, man. <laughs> my wife's seen other bowls. Uh, what is this? I kicked burning terrorists too so hard in the oh, never mind. I can't finish that one. That gets that gets gross. Uh, let's see. Oh, there's something about sexism here. What does this say? Is it like real sexism or? I can't read the paper. Never mind. That's unfortunate. Really wanted to know where that went. Uh, headless body in topless bar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll like, I'll probably do this again in the future, but I'll prepare it more. Um, probably anyway, a good idea. Yeah. So today, uh, the topic that we have at hand is none other than our dear friend Neo Rosano. All right, and what he's doing today, for those that don't know, uh, this, this guy is in the military right and when you're in the military pretty crazy things happen you know so tell us your military stories my friend uh from at any point from basic to deployment or just you know working in general i know you have some we talked about some but i think it's time for the world to know well most of my stories come from either basic or ait a couple are from deployment um, but the first one I want to share is during AIT, for those of you that don't know what AIT is, basically job training for the military. After you graduate basic training, you go to AIT to get trained on your job, and that's what you're going to do when you're doing work for the Army, Navy, whatever. So there was this guy at AIT, and when he uh, came to AIT, he, he was a pretty uh, fit, skinny, ish dude 
but uh, throughout AIT, he became really, really fat. He would just engorge on so much junk food, like, go to as many, like, restaurants as he could whenever we were able to, like, just go off on the weekend. He'd just stuff his face with the most engorgeous junk food. And, uh, one, there's a couple times he tried to get out of stuff, but the one time that I'm going to share is he had to do staff duty, which is basically, uh, like, sitting at a desk for, like, 24 hours, answering phone calls and making sure people are not going into, like, the wrong hallways, like, uh, the, the males aren't going into the female hallways and females are going into the male hallways, that kind of thing. And to get out of that, he hid under his bed, right? So the drill sergeants were looking for him for hours. They kept searching his room, and they couldn't find him. And one time when they went in there, they were looking for him, and they just heard crunching, like the, the crunching of chips under his bed. So they looked under it, and there he was, just crunching on some chips, hiding under his bed. And suffice to say, he got the crap smoked out of him. He did so many push-ups. Like, oh my god. Okay, I have I have a couple of questions. All right, because I, I remember you telling me this story, and I, like, couldn't breathe. All right. How much do you assume this guy weighed? You said he was super fat, right? Or he, uh, he got, he got really like- fat. Probably like two fifty to two seventy five. Okay. All right. Well, and okay. he was shorter I, than me, so he was probably I, like five eight, five I, seven. I have a better way to an- ask this question. All right. Can you fit under the beds that were provided at AIT? Yes. You you could fit like easily. Yeah, easily. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. That kind of blows apart my point. See, I was a, like, how high up do those beds stand? <laughs> Uh, sometimes they're a little higher than others. Some of them are kind of low because they're designed to be to be turned into bunk beds. So, like, if you remember, okay. like, oh, the so from, like, so they're like mark. they're like dorm beds, right? Where you can yeah. raise the the setting on them. Yeah, okay, exactly. All right, never mind. I get, See, I, I was in my mind whenever you first told me this story because I didn't know that bit until just now that this really fat kid just like stuffed himself into like a bed that was maybe like 10 inches off the ground more than that I'm, I'm exaggerating like a foot or something like there was a foot space and this fat kid just crammed himself into there like I mean, that is kind like, of basically what happened because they weren't and, like two feet off the ground they were maybe like a foot to a foot and a half absolute max and this guy succeeded for hours, and the thing that gave him away was him stuffing his fat mouth with chips. He decided to eat the loudest food possible when his room was being searched. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure they looked under the bed, like, one of the first times, but he, like, hid himself behind his duffel bags somehow. So, like, when I looked under, he was like, okay, no, nothing's under there. I jeez, dude. I don't I don't understand how you how you do that how you think because I, I want to know when in what his mind to what end there was like if, if he didn't get caught that day and and get in trouble like it would have happened the next day 
Yeah, when like, they just found like them. you're just like you're just now in trouble. Like I don't. <laughs> you're just prolonging the inevitable and like, just making it worse upon yourself. Yeah, there's literally no avoiding that. You miss your shift, and the, they're gonna be on you until they find you and punish you. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, I don't understand what he was thinking. That would, or like, what were you trying to actually accomplish? Surely, you yeah. thought that out. Um, I'm pretty sure as soon as he got to his first unit after graduating AIT, he got kicked out of the army. That's what I heard. I could I be would, wrong. I would hope so if you're some fat kid that tried to hide under his bed eating chips to avoid some of the easiest work you could do. You should be kicked yeah, out of the military. You'd be dealing with a lot harder things in the future, I imagine. You could be at least. Oh, anyway. 110%. Like, you could be, you know, I don't know, overseas, you know, in a war zone. But man, that guard duty is really stressful. Yeah, man. Anyway, I I love that story so much. I would I would I would bully that kid. I'm sorry. Some people need to be bullied, and he's one of them. Hundred uh, percent. Now the next story I have, um, you probably remember more about this than I did, or I do, just because I told you about it. But uh, there was this kid at basic training who legit thought he was a communist. Oh. And. Oh. You know, a lot of that doesn't add up because you're in the U.S. Oh, Army so, thinking you're a communist. So, for people who don't know, I'm kind of obsessed with communism. Not in the concept that I like it. I'm obsessed with pointing out how much of a flawed system it is. Um, try to edge away from the politics. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but uh, not a fan of communism. But I love reading about it. And yeah, that's a little contradictory, and if you really want to be legal about it, that's technically treason, because the Constitution is not in favor of communism. It's actually anti-communism. And why, even then, if you're, like, even if you, the thing is, is if you, you, you can, if you're a communist, and you believe in communist ideals, you're a communist, why would you enlist in the military? Right. That's, that's like one of the most anti- that is the most anti-communist structure that's around. Like I don't understand yeah. that, dude. I don't remember any of the details. Like there were some things he said, but I can't remember what they were. It was so long ago. But uh like he would like say things and I would just kind of irk me. I'm just like, "What the heck?" That's usually how communists are. Yeah. Do you have anything uh, to say more about about that story? Anything that uh, I might have left out? I mean, without <laughs> without getting on a political rant, not much. Uh, <laughs> All right, it's it's just it it that just really that one really box me. Like every time you've told me a military story, I picture myself if I were there. And this is another case where I'm I wouldn't really bully the guy, but I'd be like, "Why are you here? <laughs> like, do you understand what you're doing? Like." What you believe and how you're doing is like going against it. Are you are you sure? Yeah. It's just it's just really it's just really bizarre to me. That's like that's it's it. I often whenever I think of things like that, I pretty much think of like business. Like there's business owners that I know that are pretty much like communists or socialists. You know, I, I well not business not business owners that I know, but business owners I have heard of and know of that are pretty much on the communist spectrum, like, 
you're you own a business. <laughs> yeah, right. You're I, you're like, sort of capitalist like, being a communist. Like that is literally the exact opposite of of what communist communism entails. Like you wouldn't own that business, you know. I don't know. It's it just it just fascinates me. I it's just, just crazy. I I need and the, but the problem is is I will I will admit this. I've never talked to any of those people firsthand. All right, I've never sat. Be glad down you with, haven't. Like, well, I mean, I probably. Well, the thing is, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I mean, uh, no, this is getting too far. Go and share the next story. We'll save that for another time. All right. Now, this isn't one of my personal stories, but it's a story that. Someone at AIT told me, um, she, she, so he had been in for a while and, uh, you can like change jobs and get, go back to like another AIT and get retrained on another job to do that. So this guy, he was a MOS T and he came, he was in our class and he told us a story about some guy at his basic training. Now, basic isn't that hard. I mean, it's hard being within your family, you know, it's a new thing. You're getting told what to do. It can be pretty hard on the mind if, like, you're not very mentally strong, I guess you could say. But I would imagine it's hard on the physical body if you're just weak. I that, mean, that too, yeah. I mean, you're you're training day in, day out, aren't you not? Mm-hmm, pretty much. But I, and, I get what you're saying, my bad. Mm-hmm. And this guy had gone over the edge into madness, I guess you could say. And what he did... Um, so he was in the shower, and I don't know what compelled him to do this, but he uh, twisted his manhood, I guess you could say, um, until it uh, erupted, I guess is the best way to say it. Uh-huh. Um, the guy said that it was about four and a half times, so any of you listening, that's the limit. Four and a half times is the limit. <laughs> All right. Until uh, it, yeah. And uh, he said it looked like spaghetti. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think I need to preface this, I, and I kind of said it earlier. I know all of these stories. Um, I hate that one the most. Me too. I, I absolutely hate it. And I hate that the conclusion that the person who told you that story is, the limit is four. Four and a half. For that doesn't that is why is that the note that you pull from that? How this this guy like had a mental breakdown and effectively destroyed himself. And yeah. your and your conclusion is if you want to try it, don't go above four and a half. I I absolutely hate that. I don't understand, uh-huh. dude. Like. I don't know. Some I, people I, shouldn't what, be in the military. Tell someone to do that, though. I, I you know, is he still alive? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Someone <laughs> died from it. <laughs> it's, it's like if he's still alive, I'd like to ask him the question. Well, actually, I don't think I would. I feel like if you had a break that bad, I feel like being reminded of it might bring that break back, and then you'll do <laughs> something else. And if he's willing to do that, I don't really know. I don't want to know what else he's willing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got a couple other like stories about basic of people just kind of going insane like at my basic oh well, that's so the only one i what's the other two um so there's other so one kid in my platoon he uh he always threatened everybody i don't know why but he just threatened people he's like 
one time he said, you guys better be careful when we get to the range. So, like, that kind of scared all of us. So what we did was, when he was asleep, we took the firing pin from his rifle and just gave it to the drill sergeant and told them what happened. And they're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just took out, you took out the firing pin from his gun and reported him? Yeah, basically, because we, we were all kind of afraid for our lives at that point. Well, see, I, well, I mean, that's definitely the right move to, to sabotage. Like, did he, did anyone get onto him for that? Like, um, so after that, he was kind of like on probation, I guess you could say. He wasn't allowed to hold a rifle or anything. He wasn't really allowed to do anything or complete training. And, uh. For those of you that, like, think about going into the military or whatever, the fastest way out of basic training is graduating. Don't try and, you know, get out, because you're just going to be there for a lot longer. I heard about this story of someone that I know, one of their buddies that I went to basic training with. Um, He was at basic training for over two years trying to get out. Just pass. Just... <laughs> Just yeah, do just, do what the drill sergeants pass. agree. Agree with every name they call you, and then you will you get just, out. This is how you graduate basic training. I have uh, three words for you. Yes, drill sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> that that's how you do. There um, was another kid in uh, not my platoon, but another platoon who went really mentally off the rails. He uh, tried to unalive himself a couple times. Mm. Uh, one only one that I remember him doing was smashing his head against a cinder block wall repeatedly. Jeez, yeah, seems inefficient. I'm I'm sorry, that should not be the comment I make. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people can really get derailed when you know I, you're constantly being harassed. I guess you could say put see, down, but that's that's meant to just build you back up, give you okay. mental fortitude. So I guess. See, I, like, this can't be a, a, a highly, I mean, it's probably more common nowadays with how society is, but even then, like, this can't be, like, even a 50% of people thing, right? Not even, like, less than 1%, I'd say. Like, and I don't, I don't necessarily know, well, I mean, I know what they do in basic training, but I haven't undergone it. I haven't, like, flown away anywhere, been kept away from my family for a couple of months to do basic training. I don't understand the... Uh, the, the the struggle. All right, it, it might not be a big one, but it is still a struggle, I imagine. Uh, yeah, I don't know how how you reach that point. Like, like what is going on? I I want to know what goes on in someone's head where they just lose it in that situation. I don't. I, that's just something I'm really, really curious about. Because from what everything you've told me about basic training, the procedures that you go through, you know, the the order and all you the tests, you know, examination, whatever, you know, all the training, that doesn't like the concept of it. Let me say this: the concept of it doesn't sound highly like it. It doesn't cool. sound that that punishing on the mind. Like, like I, I mean, it's. Right. It's definitely opinion, work, but I don't I don't think that's something that would really push someone to the brink of insanity unless they were already there to begin with. I don't know. For me, like basic like 
having to do a bunch of workouts, you know, getting smoked, getting told you're like a piece of crap all the time. Like it didn't really fluster me because I have four older brothers that tortured me a lot more than what basic ever did to me. Right. Well, like, and, and yeah, that's fair. I mean, I have older siblings. They didn't really ever grill. Well, my brother's a different story. Uh, but like, I don't, I think if, I think the people that hit that point and do things like that, like this, the, the second guy that you just said, uh, that tried to unalive himself or the, the fat kid or, and all that, like all, all the people that basically just do that crazy, that crazy stuff. Right. The, the guy threatening about shooting, like, I think that guy just has issues. He didn't seem insane. Yeah. But like well, there has so, to be something wrong with you before you enlist, I imagine. Like so I kid I can't the, uh, imagine iron. it's just basic doing that. Yeah, the kid that threatened to shoot everyone, he uh, you know, I I guess I could see where he came from in a sense cuz he got bullied a lot, not by me or like not by anyone that I knew, but like by a bunch of other people. Like uh they would pour salt on his bed when he was sleeping and like on him and just constantly prank him and make him like not be able to sleep that kind of thing mm. and that that really made him angry and everything like that so yeah well yeah but you still know. shouldn't threaten to kill people because of that <laughs> well the thing is like if people were doing that to me in basic see the there's another case of if, like where i put myself in those shoes if people were doing that to me i would just get them back 10 times harder like, if you're going to pour salt on my bed, I'm going to pour molten rocks on yours. Not literally, but you, you get the idea. Like, yeah. I, I have a couple other basic stories. So oh, towards the end of basics training, I think I told you about this one. We, uh, I don't know why we did this, but we started like a fight club, like after lights out. Yes, you did. So we, we, we would just like wrestle and like, uh, like grapple each other. And one time one of the drill sergeants walked in and saw us doing it, just looked at all of us and said, y'all better have the same story tomorrow morning if someone gets hurt, and then just walked out. <laughs> That's funny. So he basically just let you kick the crap out of each other as long as your lie was all consistent. <laughs> yes. If someone got hurt, I mean, y'all hey, better have the same story. I mean, hey, fair enough. That's uh, that's that's probably the compromise I would end up making. You all better have a straight story. That's yeah, funny. There was, it there seems was like a, a lot of drill sergeants are like that. Well, it was towards the end, so they were a little more lenient with us. We were, oh, we were I, like really close to graduating. They so. they were tired of dealing with you already at that point. Pretty much. <laughs> um, another another story. Um, this one might be get a little explicit. So uh, for listeners that don't want to just uh, hear this, be, just, just be careful with your language. Yeah, just skip like three minutes ahead or four minutes ahead, whatever how long this takes. Skip? Um, what? Oh, I don't know this one. Uh, so you know this one. I told you about this one. Uh, there was this kid, and I don't know what compelled him to do this, but he, in front of a uh, colored female drill sergeant. Oh, no. Ooh. You can share this one, just like like you don't need to skip ahead, but be very careful with how you word this. Yeah, uh, he told her straight up that in quotations, no, this is a no. Oh, oh, well, okay. Are you going to use the slur? No. Okay, then good. You're fine. <laughs> 
No, he told her, this is a white man's army. And you can imagine how much <laughs> trouble that kid got in. This, this drill sergeant called over like every other drill sergeant from like the <laughs> other companies surrounding us was like, hey, get over here. This guy has to tell you something. <laughs> and just like like 10 or 12 drill sergeants came over from like other companies and just shark attacked this this kid. If you don't know what a shark attack is, it's when a bunch of drill sergeants came up, came up on like one person and just make their life a living hell. Oh, so and that so, that's that's pleasure. I would love to just sit by and watch that happen to someone if they it was deserve terrifying. it. If they des well, the that kid deserved it. <laughs> yeah. So what they made him do was walk through every line of every platoon, just like chanting, "I'm a racist piece of POS." Crap. Yeah, POS. I'm a racist POS. <laughs> And right. then they was made anyone, him just sit alone and eat dinner after was, that. Was anyone was allowed? Was anyone allowed to respond to him? Be like, "Yes, you are." No, but people did, like under their breath, when he was like walking by them. Oh. So, but I'm, was it loud enough? For, like, because I probably would have just done it shamelessly. Like, because that is a racist pos thing to do and say. Yeah. Like I, uh, I'm. I don't know if he actually doubted or not. I think he did, but I can't remember. Oh man, well, is that is that all the stories you have? Because I have other questions that pertain to similar things like that. Um, I have nothing from basic. That's the end of my basic <laughs> training stories. So go ahead. Okay, like any other stories though? Is that? Oh yeah, I have like four or five other stories. Uh, share a couple more, and then or well, no, yeah, right. just share them all. We we have plenty of time. Go ahead and share them all, and then I'll go with my questions. Okay, so at uh, excuse me. At AIT, um, they do these things called health and welfare checks. Make sure no one has, like, drugs or alcohol in their barracks room because you can't do that kind of stuff when you're at AIT or going through uh, trading mm -hmm. stuff for obvious reasons. And uh, during one of these checks, this, uh, this lady, she had uh, just finished some alone time, I guess you could say. Oh, I don't like this Had story. a towel on her bed. And uh, a uh, a dildo. Yeah, uh, uh, no, don't don't go any further with this story. That uh, it's. I don't think this is one that could be shared. I mean, it, it doesn't get bad from this point. Oh, never mind then. Go ahead. Yeah, she, she has a dildo on her desk, and like she's in the shower afterwards. And the drill sergeants walk in to check her room. They just see the towel and the uh, the thing on her desk, and then just walk out. I'm, They're like, I'm, I'm not dealing. I'm not dealing with this today. <laughs> I'm really scared of this episode getting us in trouble. <laughs> I'm I'm really terrified. But forgive the yeah. paranoia. I don't mean to keep cutting you off. Yeah. So that that's all that happened with that story. Uh, pretty interesting, funny, so, like in in a sense, but uh, weird to say the least. Yeah, pretty much. Continue. Move on. Um, I, actually, I, I have a... There was a time you did one of the, the health and welfare checks, and, and you told me about something that happened to you. Go and share that story, because I love it. Uh, which one was that? It, it was it was the one where you were basically completely unbothered by it. I don't remember. You have to elaborate. Okay. 
All right, so you were telling me one time they did one of those, and I guess someone failed, like, their thing. So what they did is they'd, like, go in there and throw all of your crap out into the hallway, and you'd have to clean it up. And, like, you did, the only thing that was wrong with your room is the fact that you had, like, unfolded clothes or something, but it was all dirty, right? Yeah. So they just threw all of your dirty clothes into the hallway, which it doesn't really matter because they're already dirty. Right, yeah, I so remember that. They all, all they, they didn't really do anything of that significance to you, as far as I know. They just threw your dirty clothes into the hallway. All you had to do was pick them up and put them back in your thing. Yeah, uh, dude, uh, I got really lucky at AIT because I was on a hallway that was opposing to my uh, school shift, mm-hmm. and they they there was like three of us on that hallway. The rest of us were on the other floor with our um adjoining uh shifts so whenever the people on the swings shift which is kind of like in between like morning and night shift uh got checked they we would be like asleep so they would like come into our rooms and then like oh they're asleep okay we got to get out of here and then they would forget about us or they wouldn't forget about us but whenever they would go to check the night shift which is what i was on the swings people would be asleep, so they wouldn't check our rooms because they knew that hallway was mostly asleep. Right. And uh, one of the health and health and welfare, it might have been the same one, but our hallway was completely trashed. Um, while the swings shift was at uh at school, I think, or maybe it might have been on the weekend, so they weren't at school. But like there was like pizza boxes and coffee grounds all over the hallway that like wasn't from our rooms, so we're just like. All three of us are like, yeah, we're just going to ignore this because this, is, this isn't our crap. <laughs> See, like like that, banana peels, so much trash all kinda, over the floor. That kind of thing terrifies me. So I'm going to expose a little bit about myself. My room's a mess, right? Uh, I would definitely fail at least one of those <laughs> and then have to pick up every single thing that I own. Because I'm not a very clean, cleanly kept person. Like I have, a, I have, I have soda. Like, well, not so much anymore. My only real problem right now is I have a massive, not massive. I have a nice collection of empty soda boxes in my room because well, our recycling bin's full. At most AITs, you can't have food into your in your room unless you're like a certain phase. Oh, oh, okay. Well, yeah, still, so like I, I, well, you the can thing, have like water bottles or coffee or coffee creamer. That's that's pretty much about it, unless you're like a well. Yeah, but I would totally reach that point where I can have my own little microwavable bowls of macaroni and cheese, and I would just have them, like, out. Because I would... Yeah, basically. And then I would just have to pick up a bunch of empty macaroni bowls. I could totally see myself in that situation, and it frightens me. But the thing is... I've never had that specific thing happen to me, so I would probably only have to endure it once. Before I yeah. learn my lesson. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well. Now, uh, this next story, I know uh, you know, you remember more about this than I do. But uh, when I played Clutch at that uh, cookout. Uh, yeah, please continue. No, you go ahead. You can tell this one. Okay. So Clutch is a band that I grew up listening to. I listened to that, that, that band in the womb. Okay. It's a rock band old rock band cool band I, I recommend it to everyone and i also force people to listen to it because i love it but basically 
yeah, like most guys nowadays, you know, our generation maybe a little bit below, you know, that are listening. It's people, you know, guys that listen to rap and pretty much the, just the same music. It's all the same. It's the, the three artists, and that's all they listen to, right? And it's all the same, you know, murder, drugs, and women, you know. Uh, so Neo is telling me at this cookout that he played Clutch, and uh, <clears throat> they said they didn't like it. You know, I mean, if you don't like something, that's one thing. The problem that I had issue with is they said that all of Cl- all of the Clutch songs sound the same. Now, for people who might know of Clutch and have listened to Clutch for many years, if you listen to songs they made in the '90s compared to songs they made at least fairly recently, they're not the same <laughs> at all. Now, you can even take two songs that are recent. Like, you can't compare Texan Book of the Dead with Hot Bottom Feeder, right? Two very different songs. If you want to know what I mean, feel free to listen to those songs. Texan Book of the Dead and Hot Bottom Feeder. But sponsor us. Uh, I will send an email to Neil Fallon promptly. And you know I'll do it. I I have absolutely no fear of emailing popular figures. I no problem at all. And as a matter, as a little sidebar, okay, because I, I told you about this earlier this morning. I bought this journal called Heroes Journal. I'm not going to ask them to sponsor us yet, but uh, I have a side quest deck as well, and it gives you a little task to do for your day and whatnot. It's a daily planner thing, and one of them is to send an email to an astronaut. And there's like emailing information on the NASA website. They told me. That is de- that card was made for me. Yeah, pretty I, much. I, I email game. I email companies and celebrities all the time. I'm pretty much the only person that actually writes emails. <laughs> <laughs> because, but it's usually dumb things. It's like it's me making demands of people. I don't ever. <laughs> I I try to make people bend to my will, and I either get blocked or just ignored. Oh, anyway, sorry. That's that's my sidebar. You have one more story, or is that the last one? I have three more stories. Oh, okay, yeah, go ahead. They're, they're all they're all pretty short. So, uh, uh, another girl at AIT. Um, she had a, a fish, like a goldfish, in her room. Now, you're not allowed to have pets or any kind of thing like that. Not even a fish when you're in training, obviously, mm-hmm. or I think just in the barracks in general. But uh, she had a fish. And the drill sergeants found it when they were, like, you know, checking rooms. So they waited until she got back from school. And when she got back from school, they came, they came in her room. And, like, they were like, you know what we have to do, right? And then she just kind of got teary and was just, like, sobbed, like, yeah. So they, they grabbed the fish. And they made her flush it down the toilet while they played Taps, which is, like, the funeral song in the army. <laughs> She she just knew her fate and accepted it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I, I, oh, I love right. that story. I I love that. That's that's great. Uh um, so, uh, Yeah, sorry, continue. I sorry, I there was something wrong with my voice changer and I it, it doesn't matter. Continue. That's funny. Sad root so, goldfish. Yeah, root goldfish. Uh twenty twenty question mark. Uh, was that in twenty? So, Jeez, that was two years ago. Yeah, man, you've been you've already got you you already got a lot of your contract knocked out, my man. I keep forgetting that. 
Yeah. Uh, it's almost a third. A third. Is, isn't your contract like six years? Yep. Oh, yeah. You almost got half of it. Almost. So a another story. This isn't my experience, but a story that I got told by uh, one of the teachers at AIT. So she was on deployment, right? And there mm-hmm. was this guy setting up a mortar to shoot at the base. So they... Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang, hang on. Shoot from the base or to shoot the base? Shoot at the base. At, huh? Like, like he, a, a, he's like setting it up... He's setting it up yeah. at the base. No, he's setting it up away from the base to shoot at the base. Oh, well, please yeah. can. All right, continue. So, uh, for those of you that not I mean all of you, but uh, my job uh, is I fly drones in the military, uh, the predator type drones that have like missiles on them, right? So, when my teacher was on deployment, she was flying at that time, and her uh aircraft was in proximity to that guy so they scrambled uh her crew to go and take care of that guy so they uh they shot a hellfire missile at this guy but but that hellfire uh turned out to be a dud right so the hellfire just kind of rocketed its way to the guy didn't explode but it hit him in the head <laughs> was it so, meant- Hang on, was it meant to be a dud? No. Uh, oh, all right, hang on. So the missile shot it at the guy setting up the border, right? Yeah. Okay, so they actually just planned on killing this guy. 100%, yeah. <laughs> okay, just want to be clear. Yeah, so that, <laughs> that, that missile was a dud. Did he get sent to military prison afterwards? A 108-pound missile traveling at basically the speed of sound <laughs> hit him in the head gauge. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't get that part clear. So his head's just gone. His body's just gone. His body? I thought it was yeah. a dud. I thought it hit him in the head. I don't understand. Can you imagine what a 108-pound missile would do just hitting someone in the head traveling well, at that speed? Well, yeah, but that's just your head. I don't know, man. Uh, either way, the result is the same and uh, just punishment, my ma- in my mind. That's so funny. Yeah, but, uh, I think, but, but I to think add using... on to that story. <laughs> so I, I'm just trying to understand at what point the military qualifies something as overkill is what I, it's probably what I'm trying to figure out. I'm getting to that. Okay. So that missile being a dud... We can't just have a, a, a live missile just sitting on the ground in the middle of like Iraq or Afghanistan, right? Mm. So they had to shoot another one at that Hellfire to explode it and make it out of commission. Oh, so, so... <laughs> they, so that they, guy... They launched a missile and it was a dud. And their answer was to just launch another missile. Yeah, so that <laughs> missile would explode too. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I love the military. What's the answer to faulty guns? More guns. Exactly. Oh, I love so, it. The, uh, the final story that I have written down that I can remember, um, this was on my deployment recently. Um, I, I didn't experience it, but I saw a video of it. Uh, uh, this guy had a, a suicide vest on, right? Mm-hmm. And 
an Apache helicopter was going to do a gun run on him, but they shot flares at him first for some reason. I don't know why. But uh, the flares uh, caught the vest on fire and exploded it. And that guy was in uh, a few pieces. And uh, when, like, the Iraqi, but they were the Iraqi, like, security forces were pulling his body out of a river, his head came off (laughs) as they were trying to pull him out. So he, this guy still had a whole body? Kind of. Kind of. All right. I think I get it. I think I have a picture in my mind. I'm still, I'm still caught up on the Hellfire missile thing, man. That's, that's really funny. (laughs) Launch a Hellfire missile at a, so this wasn't okay. So this was an, an Iraqi that they were shooting at, right? Uh, Iraqi, Afghanistan, some kind of terrorist. Uh, some kind of terrorist, Taliban, whatever. So yeah. they launched a. T- tell me about a Hellfire missile, okay? Just well, a Hellfire missile is <laughs> it's a laser guided missile. You, it's guided by the camera that's on the uh the drone, right? Mm-hmm. And. <clears throat> Um, it's 108 pounds. It's got explosives in it. There are many different kinds of hellfires, many variants. And uh, so they launched it, right? And it's supposed to like explode, like kind of on contact, sort of, or you can set it to explode a little bit after it hits something or whatever. But uh, it didn't explode, so it was just a dud. So you know you can't have a a lot. So live hellfire oh. missile just in enemy territory so they had to shoot another one on it to make it out of commission so this was not see i was thinking of like an incendiary missile right that's not what no. it is um there is a version that does have that kind of stuff but okay no. well that, either way <laughs> launch a, a, a missile at one person and then that doesn't work so you just decide to launch another missile at the same dead person to get rid of the missile that hit the guy. Right. I love it. I absolutely love it. That's that's fantastic. <clears throat> Here, anyway. I'll, I'll drop I'll drop an image for you of what a hellfire looks like. Okay. Well, while you're doing that, um, so I have a couple of questions that might provoke a couple other stories, maybe. Um, I, I've I've kind of I've looked into it, right? And I've I've seen some. Well, I I say I've looked into it. I've Look, I've I've seen tech talks of it, all right, but it's it seems to be true. Where sometimes when drill sergeants punish you, they do very eh, let's call it counterproductive things. Uh, oh. one of my oh. favorite ones that I've heard of is mopping rain. Yep. Right. So you basically go outside while it's pouring with a mop and a bucket, and mop the ground while it's raining. And it serves no other purpose than to make you feel worthless. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know how much that is used anymore, but like, it's kind of like, I love like that kind of thing. I love that concept. It's there, so there, funny. There's, a, there's another one you might like, uh, sweeping the sun off the ground. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love those punishments. Like, I mean, I probably wouldn't like to be part of it, but I just love seeing it. Yeah, there's another one I like. It's uh, hey, those rocks are are kind of not tan on the other side. Go flip them all. <laughs> so you have to flip rocks onto their other side so they can get an even tan. Yeah, what, it's 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 literally just punishments to make you feel useless. Like, 
the the mopping rain one is probably the most enticing to me. That one's always stuck in my head because you know you you are picking up water with a mop, and then you are indeed putting it in a bucket, but you aren't solving anything. <laughs> like there's a there's a story that I remember actually another one. So we had like a little sand pit for like volleyball or like punishment or whatever at AIT. Mm-hmm. This was back before I went there. But this guy, he was told to like rake the sand, make it look nice for uh, the punishment. <laughs> and the drill sergeant came out when he was almost done, stepped inside the sand pit and was like, nah, it's not good enough. Do, do it the other way. So he had to like make do it the opposite way he was doing it. And then drill sergeant came out, walked all over, ruined it. Nah, do it the other way. I liked it better. So we just kept doing that to the guy. And I bet that guy was just felt so like like lifeless just oh. that guy that guy felt defeat that day he just was so defeated. he he learned that he's no longer at the top of the food chain <laughs> yes exactly. oh that poor soul i sent you a video of a hellfire being exploded oh, here let me uh let me pull that up uh well i can't watch it right now because it's gonna play on my uh <clears throat> it's gonna play on my audio so also, I have Streamlabs running, so I don't think it'll really plow through that either. Well, actually, no, just, it will. Just mute it. Just mute the video. You can no, see no, cool. it's, no, it's fine. I'll watch it later. Um, okay. So I guess the penalties thing, that went by a little bit faster. What are some, do you have any other, like, punishments in your mind that, like, stuck out that are comedic or just really, like, whoa? Um, I mean, this one that like is actually done like pulling weeds. I hate that. It's I pulling hate weeds. Oh, well, that one doesn't seem like terrible unique. Nah, like um, that one doesn't even really sound that hard to me. Like I could do that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not too bad. It's just annoying. But I've never done it while someone is consistently insulting me. So I mean. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying trying to think of like any more punishments that I've seen or heard of. <clears throat> oh, you know what? Uh, let's see. There's something else. Tell us. Tell talk about the gas chamber. I want to hear it from your perspective. Okay, the gas chamber. Basic training: you have to go into a gas chamber filled with like tear gas or whatever. That's like a qualification sort of thing. And when you're in the gas chamber, you have to take off your gas mask and like recite your name and like the soldier's creed or whatever. And then you uh, have to go get out of it and like flap your arms or whatever, <laughs> like when you're getting out of it. So you don't like get sick or whatever. But like the gas chamber wasn't, wasn't terrible. It just, it made your skin burn. Mm. That's about it though. That's like, it. You questions about it. That you guess you could uh, say. So, so expound more. When I went into enlist, all right. Um, and I, and I, they gave me the rundown. Like the guy that was taking me to uh, Maps uh, gave me the rundown about the gas chamber, and he described it very differently. All right. So what he said is, apparently, potheads, people who were potheads, were really good at getting through that. Basically, like all it did, like whenever he did it or whatever, it was like it would make you dizzy and like feel weird and you know maybe maybe nauseous. And potheads could like easily pass through that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, see, he never told me anything about the concept of like your skin burning or anything, but I know you'd have to go in there 
with a without a gas mask, take a couple of breaths or something, walk out or go in there with a gas mask, take it off and try to put it back on within a certain time time frame. Mm-hmm. That's basically uh, how it is. Basically, just to train you at a you know quickly use a gas mask and all that with uh, apparently tear gas. Oh, oh, I I have a story, a punishment story. I, I, I thought of one. I love them. So, um, uh, I went through some training, and when we're at the range, um, there's this thing called a dead man's gun, right? It's uh, there's like three or four categories that define a dead man's gun. When you try to shoot without having any ammo, when you uh, shoot without properly reloading first, uh, shoot without a magazine in you in your gun, mm-hmm. or a fail a reload in a certain amount of time. And if okay. that happened, you had to uh, put your weapons down and go to like a an empty like gas uh, tank that's like basically a gong, and like hit it with a metal pipe and just scream, "I'm a dead man!" while banging this fucking gong. "I'm a dead man! I'm a dead man!" Oh man, that sounds barbaric. I had to do it once because I I no, I'm just messed up. Yeah, I, I see. I don't understand how you are doing that and you i guess forget to put your magazine in your gun it's kind well, of a, what i did it's kind of a pivotal put, part of the gun i think what i did was i put an empty magazine back in my like belt which is also constitutes dead man's gun well but that's an empty magazine all right but if you just don't put a magazine in like that, that's one of the things you said like firing without a firing without a magazine i'm like that's kind of a pivotal part in general yeah i i don't understand i i really hope no one makes that mistake well no definitely someone has i mean that's why it's in one of the rules yeah that's definitely one of the things and considering everything else you've told me about some of the people there it wouldn't surprise me if someone did wouldn't surprise me if someone forgot their gun I actually, I'm pretty sure I hold a record at that training for a quick draw. Oh. I, uh, uh, what was it? I, I, I don't remember the number, but uh, you, you had to take your pistol out of your holster and shoot a target. And mm-hmm. uh, I did it in, I went from uh, drawing to firing in 0.6 seconds hitting the target. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not that quick. I've done. I've done a couple of quick draws, not like in the military, and I was pretty good at it, but not that good. Yeah, and uh, the instructor was like, "Did you shoot?" I was like, "Yeah." There's the hole. He's like, "Hot damn!" Hot damn! Do those guys ever say "good job"? I mean, they weren't drill sergeants, but they kind of were for the training. Uh, they were like in a kind of a drill sergeant e role, but not like pounding you like a drill sergeant would um but yeah i mean they, they tell you a good job if you do good a, a good job at something but like not at basic oh not at basic no but uh <laughs> he, right. he was really impressed with with that uh that quick draw and i was impressed with myself that does sound really good that's awesome yeah uh well i think that kind of covers it i don't really have any more questions not off the top of my head yeah, uh, I, I thought we'd come to this point where we have a bunch of time left and everything. How much time do we have left? Uh, Well, we're about 50 minutes in, so I 
uh, like 25 minutes, really, if we stick with hour 15. Yeah. I was I mean, just I could... planning on going on Reddit and looking at some army or military stories. I mean, there's a couple of just high school stories I could share, but we could wait to do that for an actual, ep- like, a, just a different episode. I don't think we have, like, enough stories to cover an hour and 15, though. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead and go on Reddit. Let's, like, react to other people's stories then, see if you can find something. All right. Um, uh, here, here is the top post of all time on Military oh. Stories subreddit. Oh, good. You already, you already have one. All right, let's jump right yeah. in. So, I'm going to start reading it. Just like any other army story, this one starts out the same. No crap, there I was, a youngish specialist assigned to my first unit in South Korea. Stationed at Camp Humphreys, early on, I managed to get licensed on every piece of rolling stock that we had. So naturally, I was taken out to drive. A lot. One fine day, after the completion of an ex-eval, I was tasked along with another driver to return our miles gear to the depot. I think it was Camp Casey, but I may be mistaken. So myself, my TC, the other driver, his TC, and the OIC of our little detail was set off in two LMTVs that were packed full of miles gear cases. It was pretty chill. We drove a couple hours north, dropped off the gear, had a leisurely lunch at the Katsuna snack bar, then drove back. We arrived at the hump around 1530, parked the trucks in the motor pool, and the OIC told us, just go hang out in our rooms until 1700. Cool beans. I was Halo to occupy my time. The next day, I got to work, and my PSG asked about the truck. I told them that it was parked, choked, drip pan in place, air takes drained, etc., etc., and dispatched was turned in. He then asked if I had washed it. Now, it was January in South Korea. If you have never been to South Korea, it gets freaking cold in the wintertime there. Usually, we didn't see a lot of snow, but we would get ice everywhere. Side note, while we were on night shift. I did not count the night as complete until unless I had slipped and fallen at least twice while walking back to the barracks. So the conversation went as follows. PSG. Did you wash the truck? Me. No, Sergeant. It was like 19 degrees outside. PSG. You need to go wash the truck. Me. Sergeant. You do realize that it's below freezing outside right now, correct? Water freezes at 32 degrees Fahrenheit. Washing the truck would be pointless. PSG. I don't recall this being a two-way conversation. Go wash the freaking truck, specialist, and take one of your buddies to help. Oh, man. Roger that, Sergeant. <laughs> Cue malicious compliance. So my buddy and I walk over to the motor pool. I start the truck and drive it up to the next bay and walk inside to find my specialist buddy. You know, they, the one that you cultivate in Echo Company, so your trucks actually get fixed. Hey man, I need to borrow your little pressure washer. I have to wash my truck. We had some back and forth about the outside temp. After which I secured the pressure washer which was akin to one of the small ones you get from Lowe's and use around your house. After hooking it up, I proceeded to spray the LMTV while my buddy grabs a scrub brush and starts scrubbing the canvas. After about a minute, he yells out to me that the water is freezing on the canvas and brushing it is uh, doing no good. I shouted back that I was aware and to move back from the truck. Then I proceeded to hose down the entire truck like Ice Cube said, front, back, 
side to side. By the time <laughs> I was done, the truck looked like a giant ice sculpture. The only thing that I had left clear was the driver's windshield and window. When we backed the truck off the giant slab of ice that had formed under it, uh, I lost my place. The truck looked like... Uh, I Sorry. By the time right. I was done, the truck looked like a giant ice sculpture. The only thing that I had that I had left clear was the driver's side window and windshield. We then backed up the truck off the giant slab of ice that had formed under it. You ever slide sideways in an LMTV? It's pretty fun. I parked <laughs> it back on the line. Locked, choked, drip panned, went back out to the shop, tossed the keys in the on the uh, platoon sergeant's chest and gave him a hearty mission completed. The following Monday was motor pool formation day. After we formed up, the command sergeant major had his say, and we were failed to conduct motor stables. I hear from across the crowd, God damn it, specialist! What the frick happened to my truck? Me? Well, sergeant, you told me to wash it last Friday, so... <laughs> uh, whatever that is, the ice did not completely go away until the spring. Oh, man. Did he get in trouble further? Does that clarify? That's the end of it. That's the end of it. Oh my gosh. I mean, he got what he wanted. His truck is washed. <laughs> oh man. What's, what's, another, what's another one? Let's keep this going. What's the second one? There's got to be. All right. The or... second of all time. In basic <laughs> training environments, recruits are given a standard set of responses that they are supposed to stick to. They vary from service to service, but generally each one of the responses should be yes, no, I'll do that right away, I'll find out right away. Part of the games that part of the game that's played during basic training is getting into the habit of answering questions using your standard responses. With the last one, part of yeah, with that last one, part of the point is to try and remove I don't know from your recruits vocabulary and replace it with I'll find out. Unrelated to that entirely, people in the military wear hats outside. Your hat gets tucked into your pocket or stuffed into your pants boot when you're inside. As soon as you're outside, boom, hat goes on. You always have a hat with you just in case you go outside because one of the first things you learn in the military is that people in the military wear hats outside. This concept is central to military identity and silly as it may seem. So, there was a situation where a recruit was holding a door open for his com company mates to pass through. He was standing outside holding the door, but he wasn't wearing his hat. We were on a pretty tight schedule, so he was a good kid, and I wasn't trying to make a scene. I walked over to him in a hushed voice. I said, Recruit, are you inside or outside? My intent was to prompt him to put his hat on. That was all. I was just trying to help a brother out. He turned to <laughs> my face, and at the top of his lungs shouted, this recruit will find out, sir. I couldn't help myself. Oh, you're going to find out? You're going to find out? You're going to find out if you're inside or outside? You know what? Take five seconds. Look around. Go ahead. Gather as many facts as you can. Go, 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 go. Five. Zero. Five. Zero. Four. Zero. Three. Zero. Two. Zero. One. You're done. Recruit. Have you reached a determination as to the description of your surroundings? Yes, sir. Well, speak freely. This worker has assessed the situation is overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly confident that he is outside. <laughs> and I pulled... <laughs> I then pulled his hat out of his pocket and placed it on top of his head. His eyes lit up with, <laughs> Oh, 
Look, he got it. I was trying to help him, not yell at him. He then graduated. I linked up with him to tell him the situation was probably my absolute favorite thing that ever happened in any of his classes he had come through. <laughs> this this recruit is overwhelmingly <laughs> confident that he's outside. This recruit has a the situation and is overwhelmingly overwhelmingly confident that he is outside. The spectacular phrasing. <laughs> let me let me gather oh the facts. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, God. Is that is that a thing you had to deal with? Is that true? Like for you, at I never least. had to deal with that. You, no, you never, never had to deal with that. Well, not deal with it, but you, you, like that's the thing you did right when you stepped outside. You put on a hat. Yeah, always. No, okay. <clears throat> All right. The this story is titled "When a Trainee Telling a Drill Sergeant to Shut the F Up Goes Right." <gasps> All right. Um. Prologue. Due to a combination of wildly over-optimistic academic goals and fear of contentment, my first enlistment was in the U.S. Army Reserves. I wanted to jump out of airplanes and shoot machine guns in order to pay for college, but Uncle Sugar extended my invitation to do all of that so long I made a six-year commitment to all I could be. One weekend each month, two weeks each year. My IET was scheduled to be about nine months long, Basic training Fort Jackson, South Carolina for nine weeks, a member a number of months of AIT and at Fort Huachuca, Arizona. Hey, I think this guy's a same job as me. Or maybe he's a MI. Um all capped off by a three week visit to Fort Benning, Georgia to enjoy the gentle ministrations of the black hats at Airborne School. Though some henuous effery at MEPS on the day of my departure. I'd end up adding another nine, another month to my IET time waiting and holdover status for security clearance paperwork to catch up with me. All in all, I was gone for more than 10 months, an important number going forward when things went a bit pear-shaped. Private, whatever the heck that says, wrapped, in, wrapped up IET and finally came home, all fired up and still reeking of that new private smell, and quickly reported to his unit. First day... Of my first drill weekend, I'm called to the front of the formation and probably promoted to PV2, and then again immediately to PFC. I probably still complete for a record for the shortest timing grade for PV2, less than five minutes. After the laughter died down and the new commander tells us he has bad news, the unit's being decommissioned and we have to go find new, a new home. Cue sad trombone. <laughs> Frick, what have I gotten myself into? The other options were simple. We could transfer to another reserve unit if there was space, find a National Guard slot if there was space, or terminate our enlistment contracts without penalty, but also without access to the GI Bill and other benefits. The nuclear option was to apply for an active duty slot with the regular army. As it turned out that I quite enjoyed soldiering and was still too broke to afford college tuition. The last option piqued my interest. The problem was everyone was eyeballing the military as a career option. This was the mid-90s, and the economy was very uncertain, which meant the job market was crap. And the U.S. was still riding high on post-Gulf War patriotism. So recruits in all branches of the armed forces were spoiled for choice and going gangbusters in their business. Because of my IET extended six months 
I, clear, I was classified as prior service active duty, which put me pretty far down the depth chart as, I, as applicants went. It took some aggressive footwork and a lot of patience, but nearly a year later, I was able to snag an active duty slot. The buildup. In the spirit of things that make no sense, I was reassigned to the Army Basic Training Battalion, this time at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, along with about 150 other prior service troops to await PCS in order to... Uh, orders to, sorry, my first active duty unit. No joke, as a prior service active duty soldier, one couldn't just slide right out of reserve slot into active duty slot. We had to be properly re-indoctrinated, and the only place we could do that, apparently, was frickin' Missouri. Frick, frick, <laughs> what have I gotten myself into? Here's where things start to get fun. We had all sorts in our company. With 150 or so troops in the company, we had everything from 11 Bravos to comms folk to personnel clerks to intel weenies like me, as well as a big handful of prior service marines. We had an SF-tabbed sergeant first class and not one but two ranger-tabbed sergeants, all of whom were combat vets of Gulf War. Though dumb luck, I would end up in the same squad as such would have it with these badasses. Thankfully, the in-dog process wouldn't require us to actually repeat basic training. While we were occasionally assigned as trainees, what we were really there for was to redo all our paperwork, update vaccinations, draw new uniforms and gear, and then hurry up and wait for PCS orders. We lived in the basic training barracks and ate the basic training defect. We were fairly strictly segregated from the actual trainees. For about two weeks, the daily routine involved morning PT, followed by a generally mindless detail, base police call, ranking leaves, etc. And were usually released after lunch to do whatever we wanted for the rest of the day. Not a bad gig. And arguably the only way the only way to enjoy a place like Fort Leonard would. Upon drawing new uniforms, we were explicitly cautioned against taking them to any off-base cleaners for installation of their rank insignia badges, combat patches, etc. This was back in the day of minimal time to prep for departure. They didn't want us risking abandoning our new gear. This didn't stop anyone from doing that because a bit of visible rank was reliable in the way of inoculating us from the attention of the drill sergeants, who were still everywhere, not necessarily clued as to our status. So generally, we ha ugh, we each had at least one BDU top with all gigas we earned, but our field jackets were almost completely sterile. The payoff. Very one early morning, one of my squad, some of my squad is tasked to prep one of our ranges for actual trainees. We promised a couple of hours worth of work and with the rest of the day off. At about 5.30 on a chilly October morning, we corralled into the back of a five-ton truck for a drive to the range. Sergeant First Class Tab Dude is our nominal platoon sergeant. We had one of our sergeant rangers on board too. It's too early for much joking, but the conversation is light and we're expecting nothing beyond quick police call. Maybe raking some, ro raking some rocks and then breakfast. What we get is a little different. A five-ton loads the range and immediately we hear shouting. The back gate is dropped by a, bevel, uh, bleh, by a bevy of drill sergeants and they're there to greet us in our own imitable way. Flashbacks to basic training. We're slow. We're too slow for them because F them. We're also because 
F them. We're not trainees. They don't care. They start to pick us apart individually. One of them instantly locks onto Sergeant Major, who's spotting a range rule in his patrol crap. Oh, what do we have here? A ranger wannabe? Who the F do you think you are wearing a headgear like that? Private. Rabble, rabble, rabble. Sergeant Ranger is both irritated and nonplussed. Remarkable. Really, it's too early for this crap. And given his service record, it's simultaneously too late for this crap. We're all caught off guard, mouth agape. Sergeant Ranger collects himself in cautious and casually drops down from the five ton, and the following exchange occurs. Listen, he begins as he starts to unzip his virtually sterile field jacket. Until you have one of these, points at the airborne wings with combat jumpstar, or one of these, sodding the arm out of the jacket and pointing at his ranger tab, or one of these, shredding the field jacket completely off and pointing to the combat ranger scroll. Then you can talk to me like that, but until then, shut the frick up. Hmm. Those, those last words vibrated among us. Time froze. So, so too the air around us. Tunnel vision ensued, and the whip of a wild beast showdown permitted everything. Drill sergeants froze in mid-shout furiously scrambled to do their mental math to figure out what comes next. Scenario was clearly not covered in any training blocks at the drill sergeant academy. This is fun. Finally, one of the drill sergeants CPU catches up. Situation who speaks. Who, who the frick are you? Sergeant first class tab dude has quite enjoyed this but intervenes. He quickly jumps down out of the five ton and introduces We're all prior service drill sergeant. On casual, on casual status, just waiting for orders. They told us to report here to give you guys an assist. I'm Sergeant First Class Tab Guy. He extends a hand and means of an introduction. The last remnants of a conclusion settle into the dirt as the situation starts to come into focus. The drill sergeant looks at each other and then back at us. And as the resolution improves, so does their demeanor. Some nervous laughter. Well, F me, one of them says. No one said any of that prior service. They just told us to be here to meet a truck full of soldiers from one of the training companies. So you guys got so you guys got one of our performances. Sergeant Ranger has made his point and he's not an asshole for no hard feelings. We get briefed on what we're expecting to do and where to find the right tools. The drills see an opportunity to relatively easy start to their duty day, so we're happy to leave us. A couple of them eject to the defect with a promise of returning with hot coffee and something to eat to make amends. And that's how I got to see a basic trainee, in quotations, tell a U.S. Army drill sergeant to shut the frick up and not only survive, but to earn an apology and coffee for it. <laughs> that's awesome. Dude, that one was long. That was a really long one. Uh, we're We're pretty much out of time. That took up took up the last, last chunk. That's funny, though. So a recruit told a drill sergeant... It, it, it wasn't a recruit. So it was someone that uh, went from, like, reserve or National Guard okay. to active duty. So it was someone of prior service saying that to a drill sergeant? Yeah. Oh, Because okay. the drill sergeant thought it was a trainee. Oh, I see. So... The drill sergeant was yelling at someone that he thought was a trainee, right? Yeah. Is that it? And so it. the prior service guy clapped back at him. Yeah, it's like, until you have one of these or one of these or one of these, you can shut the up. Oh, that is hilarious. That's awesome.
<clears throat> man. I thought that I'm gonna try and find like one more short one. It's funny. Yeah, find a short one. We got about four minutes left. Um, let's do, let's do the hot ones. This one's pretty short. Uh, uh, no, nah, it's not funny. Nah, never mind. It's fine. Fine. Not gonna go any further. Nah. Oh well. I, I can't find any short fit ones. All right. Well, well, we'll just add in conclusion. Uh, do you advise enlisting? I mean, if it's for you, it's for you. I mean, there's a lot of benefits. Free college. <laughs> Yeah. You know, free college for your kids if you transfer it over for your spouse or whatever. Job stability. But uh, mm-hmm. unless you want to be a slave to the government, you know. Yeah. Just uh, know what you're getting into. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, how would you judge your experience with the military? Uh, you know, it's it's been relatively simple. Had a couple... Funny stories, couple ups and downs, you know, some BS that's happened, but you know, all in all, I come home and I just forget about it. Well, I should practice that with civilian life, otherwise, I'll never make it in the military. Mm. I hold on to things. I shouldn't. It's not healthy, but it's been a, it's been a very. This been, I've had a really good time this episode. <laughs> yeah. This this is this has been awesome. Um. Uh, Thank you for sharing all of this uh, publicly and shamelessly. And uh, I apologize for any moments of unbridled fear I had of cancellation, you know. <laughs> well, it's not necessarily cancellation. I uh, I just want to keep... I, I, want, I, I, li- I like having a nice little cozy podcast where people of all ages can enjoy it. And sometimes when it comes to military, that, uh, that gets tested, gets risked. Yeah. I do apologize um, for the language a bit, but... Uh... Try to yeah. censor myself as much as I could. No, you. I mean, you did fine. It's just like some of the stories, like the racist kid and whatnot. I'm like, please don't say the word. Like, don't even say it in quotes. Like, we're not, we're not, we're not gonna do that here. But uh, anyway, uh, subscribe to our socials, uh, Joe Bro Radio at Twitch, Reddit. No, not Twitch. Uh, Twitter, Reddit, and Instagram. But you can go to Twitch and Facebook. But you can go to Twitch and check out Just Phoenix 101 and Frosty Butcher. We'll stream there every now and then. This coming weekend, we'll be streaming the next two We Were Here games in the We Were Here series. Possibly uh, the second one if we can figure out that out without any bugs. Yeah, if we can figure. Yeah, we we stopped on the second game because the game has a little bit of issues. Nothing like too game breaking, but we'll have to restart. And uh, by the time we found that out, we lost the motivation to play. Uh, but anyway, you can check those out. We stream every now and then. It's pretty fun. Good time. Uh, check out our socials. We post fun stuff there. Usually, uh, main bits from the, uh, podcast and whatnot, you know, images that we reference or whatnot. And we will see. I need to get on socials. I haven't been posting much at all. Yeah, you should do that. Start posting memes. Memes, memes are great. Uh, do you have any concluding notes, Neil? Um, don't have sex with your pets. Uh, I would hope no one needs someone to tell them that, but good advice either way. Um, uh, I don't have any. I, I have absolutely none. I'm, I think everything's pretty straightforward. 
Anyhow, we'll kick this off with a little bit of hype, and we'll see you guys in the next episode next Peace. Sunday. Have a good one. Bye-bye.